Hello, Friday Night Lights fans. Welcome to the Friday Night Mics podcast, presented by Freaking Geeks Media. In this podcast, one host comes into each episode cold, the other has been a longtime fan. If this is your first episode, thanks for listening. If not, we're happy you're back for another episode. You can follow Freaking Geeks Media on Twitter and Facebook. Links will be in the show notes. Now, on to the show. Here are your hosts, Michael and Sarah. Hello, and welcome to our last episode of the podcast, kind of-ish. Question mark? <laughs> maybe. Uh, actually, it's not our last episode. Uh, we do have one more episode at least coming. Uh, if we get a lot of feedback, we'll be doing more than, than one, uh, but... You know, this is kind of like the last official episode to deal with the show. And in the event that we get a lot of feedback, we'll start doing an episode or two or however many it takes to get through it. Uh, but this is the last official one that has to do with the TV show itself. Now, we do have one more, and it's going to be about the movie. Um, I think we mentioned this as a possibility a long, long time ago, and we never got around to doing it, I think, before. We started the, the actual podcast, so uh, we moved this to the back end. So now that we've watched the entire TV show, we're going to kind of do things in reverse because we're going to go and watch the movie, which was done first, and then, of course, the TV show came after. Um, there's no timetable, I think, on that, but uh, maybe sometime in the next uh, three or four weeks, we'll we'll get that out. Um not really sure precisely. I can't, I'm not going to pinpoint a date. It's not going to be next week. Uh, it may be the week after, but at some point in the next few weeks, we'll have the review for Friday Night Lights, the movie. But as you can tell, Sarah, this is the retrospective, correct? Yes. So basically we'll be kind of breaking down the seasons and going through the major points and talking about it. Right. This is basically just our opportunity to look back at the show, uh, look back at the characters, look back at the storylines, uh, good and bad, and, you know, just talk about the show. I mean, we, we kind of have a very rough format for the episode. Um, we're not really going to follow a, a script. Just we have a, a, it's like a piece of clay that's very roughly in the, in the shape of, <laughs> that you're looking for. But we didn't want to, we didn't want to be too strict on what we were talking about or the flow of the episode because it's a retrospective. We should be able to jump around a little bit without feeling like we have to stick to a certain, you know, script. Exactly. Just kind of like an end of the whole series, just talking and chatting back and forth about different seasons, hopping to wherever we feel like it, wherever the conversation takes us. Right. Uh, all right. So, uh, before we get into anything like that, I do want to start out by giving some information on the show itself. And I think it's best to start this episode and this retrospective on looking back at the inception of the show. Where did, did this all come from? How did it get started? Um, and the best way to do that is to look back at 1990. So. <laughs> If you don't know much about this beyond the TV show, you didn't sit down and do your research and all of that stuff, then you'll probably learn a little bit about it. And, you know, this wasn't just a TV or wasn't just a movie. It wasn't just a TV show. This was actually a book. So 
the producer slash director of the pilot in a few episodes throughout the show was Peter Berg, and he actually wrote a decent amount of the episodes, especially towards the end of the series. And his second cousin cousin was a uh, guy by the name of H.G. Buzz, his being his nickname, H.G. Uh, Bissinger. And he wrote a book called Friday Night Lights, A Town, A Team, A Dream. And it was about the uh, the football team, the Permian, Panth- Permian Panthers and their uh, you know journey to uh, the state title game uh, in 1998. And it kind of – it was a, a, a pretty much a universally loved book. Uh, it got a lot of great reviews and it was – a book that had a lot of things in it. it had dealt with racism. It dealt with uh, the the town that they lived in, the pressure of the players to kind of be the glue that held the team together. And uh, it was it was just one of those really great books that if you read it, um, you know, it's kind of an eye opener. Even now, you know, in 1990, this thing came out almost 30 years ago. And if you read it, it's still a very powerful book because it's true. And a lot of what you read in there sounds like it's the kind of thing that most players even today have to deal with. So that is the book. Now, we jump ahead to 2004 and Peter Berg directed the the movie, Friday Night Lights. And it, it starred you know a lot of big names. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton, of course, was in it. Connie Britton. Was in there as well. Um, who else? Uh, Brad Leland is Buddy Garrity. He was in the movie as well. Uh, obviously, you know, Connie and, and Brad were then taken from the movie and transported into the TV show. So we get to, to the end of, you know, the movie. The movie comes out, gets a great reception. And that's when Peter Berg decided, you know what? This would be a really great TV show because we were only able to touch briefly on some of the themes and, and the ideas that he wanted to explore because you're talking about a, a two-hour runtime for a movie, give or take. And so he felt this was perfect for a TV show and you know, he sat down, he started mapping things out and you know that exploration for TV ended up being one of the best decisions he's probably ever made in his life. Actually, um, yeah, because you know, in the in the adaptation for the movie, he he regretted it. He he had to jettison a lot of the topics in the book uh, because of the constraints of the film, and it didn't allow him to do everything he wanted to do. It's not an uncommon thing, but it happened in this, and he just wanted to make sure that the adaptation was maybe done a little better. In a way, and and so of course the TV show came out, and we know what happened then. But uh, production started in February two thousand and six in Austin. It was filmed. The whole TV show was filmed in Austin and uh, Pflugerville. Yes, that is true. That is the name. Bless you. <laughs> yes, Pflugerville. And the <laughs> the way it's actually spelled is P F. L-U-G-E-R-V-I-L-L-E. So, 
Uh, I'm not making, you know, fun of that necessarily. It's just an odd. Yes, we are. <laughs> okay, fine. Yes. But it, it's a weird way to, you know, spell that. It, it's a weird name in and of itself, but then the way it's spelled, it's kind of odd, but uh, there you go. That's fine. Um, Maybe Flugervillian. Um Yeah, so anyway, the show uh, was, it was filmed, and one of the great things about this show is the way it was directed, the way the actors were given such leeway for their performances and with the dialogue. They, you know, there was so much freedom on set that uh, the actors have said that going to other TV shows and other movies where they do the standard blocking um, and rehearsal for, you know, a scene it's just it's like walking into another planet <laughs> or into another you know another world or another dimension because it's so different the the actors were given the ability to uh alter the dialogue improvise in the scenes walk you know the uh the cameramen were trained to follow them so if if an actor felt that a character wouldn't say a certain line or wouldn't act a certain way. He was given the ability to alter or change that as long as he hit the vital plot points. As long as they did that, they were free to improvise. And that's, I think, one of the reasons, one of the many reasons that the show is so good is because the freedom that it gave the actors is just something you don't get anywhere else. And I really hope that other TV shows and movies might see this as something positive to do in the future. So anyway, is that any of that interesting, Sarah? As I, <laughs> you know, threw this big yeah, chunk of no info idea. at you and everything? And was, like, the book was based on something that happened in real life as well, right? Yes, yes. This, this is all, actually this all happened, happened to a guy in mm -hmm. high school. He got paralyzed, right? Uh, no. No, no, no. Um, that, the the film is is more faithful to the book specifically. Um, it, there's similar things that happen in the TV show, obviously, but it's not as accurate. The TV show isn't as accurate to the book as the film is. The film is definitely a little more stricter to the characters and and the plot. But I think a lot of the themes and the ideas uh, were – I think the spirit of the book is in the TV show, whereas the movie is more of a closer adherence to the uh, source material. Gotcha. Do you like podcasts about movies, television shows, books, games, and pop culture? How about sports like football and tennis? Here at Freaking Geeks Media, one of our many goals is to create a variety of podcasts that you can enjoy listening to. From the Freaking Geeks podcast to Hungry for Hannibal, Friday Night Mics, the American Gods podcast, and Stranger Things, we know that giving you an assortment of options is one of the best ways of bringing you back for more. But it does take quite a bit of work and expense on our end to make these podcasts a reality. Patreon gives us the opportunity to make a living doing what we love. However, to do this, we need your help. 
By donating as little as a dollar a month, you get access to both past and upcoming Patreon-only content, as well as early access to regular episodes before they appear on iTunes. Other tier rewards include monthly Loot Crate giveaways, access to live broadcasts, Freaking Geeks t-shirts, magnets, and much more. We can honestly say that anything given is greatly appreciated. So, consider supporting us by going to www.patreon.com slash freakinggeeks and check out what we have to offer. We think yep. you'll like what you oh, see and you know, hear. So I guess we have to compare and contrast. Yep, definitely. And, and we'll definitely be doing that once we review the movie. Uh, so, let's get into it proper here. So, why don't we start out with season one. Let's let's start out there. Let's let's go with season one. We might as well go right through the seasons. So, Sarah, um, tell all the people listening. When I suggested that we do this TV show, <laughs> what was your confidence level in that you know that you would uh, end up liking the show before you ever sat down to watch a single episode? Like, I trusted your opinion, but mostly in the back of my head, I'm like, football, great. How am I going to tell them that this is like, it's football, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> and then I ended up watching it and I'm like, okay, now it makes sense. Do you have a, do you have a, a more, more respect for football having watched the show now than you did prior to, to watching the series? <laughs> No. No. Now I know more about it. I still don't have like any interest to watch it, but I don't like I don't detest anything. Like this is like why why do people even pray over like football games and you know, like so silly? But I kind of I see the what it means to be. I understand what it means to other people now. Whereas before I'm like, what are you psychopath? So well, it's like, it's not unlike hockey, right? I mean, it's. It's a different sport, but it inspires the same feelings, I think. Yeah, very, very deep bonded sportsmanship in there. Like people are very faithful to their sport and their team. Right, exactly. Um so we we sat down, we watched the pilot, and um what did you think after you watched the pilot? And, and I guess more specifically, what did you think after you watched the first, say, four or five episodes? Well, the pilot, man, like, yeah, I didn't expect that. Like, like, I knew something was coming when we first watched it. Like, because, you know, like, what's this even going to be based on just a football team? Something has to happen. But I certainly didn't see that happening. It was quite like the first episode is quite a shock. It sets up everything to come. So pilot's an excellent episode and the episodes to follow are very dramatic, very in- emotional and intense, but they're fantastic because everyone does a really great job. Even from the get-go, everyone was on point in their acting and portraying these characters. And I thought they were just like, it's, it's an amazing start for a TV show. Yeah, it is. It's a really great pilot. It's one of the best pilots I've ever seen. Um, yeah. It's really a cohesive, almost perfect example of nailing everything all at the same time. The performances, the the plot, um, it really just comes together. You know, some some pilots are kind of mm, that's okay, and you feel like they didn't really 
stick the landing in certain areas. But with this show, the pilot was just amazing. So yeah, it's like a lot of TV shows try and spend their the entire pilot. Uh, explaining the world to you where this just kind of it drops you into their world and you get to just figure it out for yourself and just tag along you know which is pretty impressive yeah and i agree it's impressive though because the cast is so big i mean there's a lot of characters that you have to get introduced to in the pilot and you don't have a choice but to get dropped in there they don't have the time to spend 20 minutes getting you uh, up to par and up to speed on the world. You know, if you're not familiar with football and Texas and all this, they don't have the time to, to you know spend doing all that. So they have to just drop you in. And if you're not familiar with this, then you're just gonna have to kind of learn as you go along. That's it. And they did a because they, they didn't have that time. They figured out a really smart way for us to at least know who the characters are right off the bat. Like in the first five minutes. You have an interviewer interviewing the team. You know that you know Tim Riggins is kind of a hard ass and he hates Smash and Smash is egotistical. And then you have Jason, who's a star quarterback, and you have Matt, who's like this guy who's barely even there. <laughs> I mean, you know this like within the first five minutes. It was a brilliant way to get an introduction to everybody. Yeah, you're right. Then because they had a lot of, uh, I guess, dialogue overlapping scenes like like as i think as smash is talking i believe uh that's when we were already flashing to matt and seeing him digging around in a trash can for the the playbook yes. or something so it, it, you're right it's a way of doing multiple things at the same time you're hearing smash you're getting insight into his character and who he is as a person while also seeing matt and also getting some information on him as well so it's a really brilliant way that they've kind of managed to do multiple things at the same time. Uh, so let's talk about season one in general. Um, it's, it's a really brilliant, fantastic season and it's the only season that's over 20 episodes in the yeah. entire series. Um, it was, a, it was ordered by NBC. It was a full order of episodes and it was still a time when this was common. You go back to 2006 and it was just, you know, hey, look, everyone still did 22, 24 episode seasons. That was just the way it was. And it wasn't until, you know, cable really kind of changed it. In um, British TV has been doing this for decades, you know, seasons or series as they call them over there, where you're talking like six, eight maybe 10 episodes and that's it, you know, that's relatively short. And I think those were, you know, were born more out of money issues. You know, they didn't have the budget maybe that American TV had, but it made for tighter, better scripted TV shows, which is why, you know, seeing cable really blossom, you know, Breaking Bad, uh, some of the other TV shows, Sopranos and Mad Men, and the list goes on and on. Uh, Hannibal, Dexter. Uh, yeah. These are the shows that changed the landscape of TV, Game of Thrones, because it showed that you can have half or even less of a full order of episodes that you see in this first season of Friday Night Lights at like, what, 24, where 
you get tighter plot. You know, you don't spend a lot of episodes where nothing really happens because you just got to kind of fill the time. You know, you got two 24 episodes. There's always going to be six to eight episodes that are just going to be fat. And you trim that off and you have a much tighter show. Well, this was 2006. They ordered the full allotment of episodes and that's what we got. But that being said, I will say this. For 24 episodes, I never really felt like there was much fat in this first season because they had a lot of characters that they needed to address. They had plot lines. And I do think, at least in the first season, the 24 episodes was utilized very well. Yeah, it was a good chance for them to cover a lot of ground that needed to be laid, like quite a bit of foundation and character set up. And they actually got the time to explore all of that. I mean, I'm running through like the list on IMDb right now. I'm like, oh yeah, that was in season one. There's a lot in season one. Yeah, it is. And I think it's because you had Jason's storyline, which by itself, I mean, his storyline alone could have been a TV show. Yeah. You know, so the 24 episodes really gave them the ability to make Jason a much bigger part of the show, especially early on because his struggles were were key. But it also allowed them to really spread the wealth around to the other characters. Nobody felt like they were not given any material. You know, it didn't it didn't feel like one character was just kind of like over in the corner and we barely even see them and uh they don't have no storylines of any significance you know whether it be julie or matt uh you know lila smash everybody tim uh everybody had their moments in the first season to really shine and uh never felt like they were you know being shirked i guess in terms yeah, exactly. of uh yeah screen time so Jason gets hurt. We get introduced to these other characters. The whole Lila and Tim thing started. And yep. uh, there was a rift between Riggins, obviously. And, um, you know, you felt like, well, Jason, he was right. You know, Tim wasn't coming around. And then eventually did, uh, Tim did come around and uh, Jason got better. Tried his hand at uh, a couple different things. Tr- almost got married to Lila. Or at least they were engaged. But those well, two—that was a train wreck. <laughs> yeah, that that was a train wreck in slow motion. Um, yeah, and then was. we saw the birth of Maddie and the Julie, and just the the sweet relationship that started there. Sweet and sometimes strange with like Julie. I remember, I remember this season. She uh. She wanted to, she felt obligated to have to have sex with him. Oh. And there's that whole thing about, I think we should have sex. And Matt's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I like how Julie was so clinical about it. She was like, it yeah. just needs to get done. And just like, like, let's just get it over with, you know, like whatever. It's not a big deal. Um, but I also like that Matt was the one that kind of convinced her that they shouldn't, you know. You don't have to do this. Yeah. Like, you're not obligated just because I'm on the football team. That does not mean you're in any way obligated to have sex with me. Right. And uh, it ended up being the best decision, I think, for everybody. Oh, God, yeah. Right. So um, 
you know, we get towards the end of the season. Turns out Tammy's pregnant. And, yeah. uh, and obviously we know that Eric gets uh, the job at, uh, at the college. Yeah. And the, they, they win state. So boom, you know, we go into season two, we jump ahead, time jump, and now, uh, Tammy is, is really pregnant and Julie is, uh, eyeing up, Horrible. eyeing up. <laughs> okay. Um, she's eyeing up the Swede at the local swimming pool where she is a being lifeguard. Being horrible to her mother. Being horrible to her mother. Um, just kind of being a brat. And, uh, Eric is away for long periods of time because he's now the quarterback's coach at, at the uh, college level. And it's just not good. It's the team is fractured. They are an, uh, Eric is away. He is, he is like the glue that holds this, this family together. Um, the new coach that is at Panthers is not a good fit. It's not a good fit for them. And so we get the, the coup de gras, uh, uh, as, uh, Eric finds his way back and takes control of the team again. They oust the coach and, um, you know, we see how that all plays out. Uh, Matt is not happy. Julie breaks up with him and, you know, Matt has his meltdown. But then the worst storyline of all time on Friday Night Lights happens. So Honestly, I don't think it's the worst storyline in comparison mm-hmm. to Julie and her TA in season five. Ooh, boy. I would take this over that. Wow. Murder? You would take murder? It would be way less painful to watch that. I mean, I I don't get me wrong. I don't like that storyline, but it's less. I think it's more because I'm just. Well, we'll get. It to could it. be biased yeah. because you know I'll take anything with Tyra in it over storyline where Julie is on a down spiral again. Well, okay. Well, let's talk about that. So. Uh, so at the end of season one, Tyra gets uh, attacked and someone tries to rape her, a man. And then in the next season, this man is still kind of following her around, tries to rape Tyra again. This time, Landry grabs a pipe and spacks him in the head and it, it kills him. him. Yep. And so they then dispose of his body. You know, the cops eventually find the car, find the body, and ultimately his dad... Landry's dad, who it turns out is, I believe, the police chief, um, ends up or deputy or something, or deputy or something. But he were he's a policeman basically. So it turns out that uh, he figures out that Landry, you know, was the one that did it, and they dispose of the evidence. <laughs> it's just this weird thing, which then you know brings up these weird feelings with Tyra, where it's like she really likes Landry, but you don't really think that she's physically that attracted to him, but then she has sex with him anyway. <laughs> Probably, I, I don't know whether out of a sense of thanks for saving my life. I don't really know. I think, I don't even think Tyra ever really feel, figures out her feelings for, for him. Um, and so they kind of have this on off relationship thing that they've got going on in season two. 
and uh, Eric ends up, they end up going to state, and uh, this is when the writer's strike cut the season short. So it, it ended, I believe, at like 15 episodes, um, which kind of led into season three, where we find out that the Panthers went to state, Smash uh, got injured, uh, tore up his, his knee really badly, and we're now in season three, and uh, we see the exodus begin on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone just starts, poof, disappearing, never to be seen again until the very, very end. Right. So Smash, Smash leaves, um, I think around six or seven episodes in, roughly around the midway point. We get introduced to J.D. McCoy, freshman quarterback, uh, this huge... <sighs> Star in the making and his dad, um, Joe McCoy, who tries to ingratiate himself into, you know, the entire town, brings his money and uh, eventually takes over more or less the entire team because he has, he's got money, he's got influence because of the money and therefore he starts throwing his weight around. You're a psychopath too. Pretty much. Beat up his kid. Beat up his kid. And then and then I like I, I've always never understood the whole thing where he beats up his kid and then his mom's like, I can't believe he did this. But then she ends up sticking with them and it's just this weird thing. It just really sucks. Yeah. Uh we have, you know, Tim and Lila have actually been in, in, you know, a relationship on and off for the last, you know, couple of seasons. And, uh, they're now, you know, they're, they're together. Um, and so we, we have this thing where we have, uh, we have a lot of characters are kind of getting to the point where they're graduating from the high school, they're leaving, they're going off. So we also have that happen to Tyra. So we have Tyra going on with a, a rodeo uh, jerk. I can't remember his name. Ugh. Cash um, or something like that. Because Tammy likes Tyra and is helping her out, pushing her, telling her she can do better. And uh, eventually she leaves, comes back, and with the help of Landry, ends up getting into college. Yeah, and I do like that they, in this season, they showed Landry being able to break apart from Tyra a bit with the giving tree, and then he had some backbone and kind of altered the way she looked at him, having actually stood up to her, because no one stands up to Tyra. Yeah, it's true. Um, and, and I know we're kind of just skimming over these seasons here, but I want to get into the dynamics of the characters and stuff, and we'll do that here uh, shortly. So Tyra leaves, and... Uh, Jason, also, it's time for New Jason. York, New York. Jason, it's, it's time for Jason to leave as well. Yeah, he goes off pursuing a job in New York with a sports agency and with, you know, some creative thinking and also bargaining with a like a former friend of the dig team he wasn't on the team but he like he knew him from way back when mm-hmm. he manages to get this job yeah 
Yeah, so he leaves and uh, he gets kind of the, the happy ending that he was looking for. At least it seems that way and we'll, we'll revisit him. Uh, Eric loses his job uh, as they end up picking Wade Aikman, uh, JD's <sighs> personal coach, as the, the head coach of the football team. And Eric is instead given East Dillon High, which is just kind of the, the football team team has been resurrected over there. And that begins season four. It's like a reboot for the show. So yep. we start out there and Eric has got this new this new football team. Really not a team because he just basically gets a bunch of players, people that barely have ever played football. And uh, we introduce to you know some really great characters like Vince Howard who has just played Madden football, uh, maybe something, maybe tossed the football around a little bit outside with some friends but that's about it uh luke cafferty who is a dylan panther ends up uh being forced to come over because he technically is supposed to be playing for east dylan and so that that is an issue that they kind of deal with but this whole team is just young they don't have it's not they don't have any talent they just don't know what they're doing. They're young. They have. They're not refined yet. No experience. With the, like teachings of football. Right. No experience. Tammy, meanwhile, is struggling over on the other side of town as the principal there. She ends up uh, eventually leaving and going over to East Dillon and as a counselor. So, season four is mostly about the struggles for Eric. I think to get a hold of all of the players and kind of deal with each one of them and find a way to convince them that this is, this is something they should need. They should strive for a team that they need to be part of. And, uh, you know, so season four to me is a really good one that ends with the Panthers. I think not the Panthers, the lions becoming a team, um, not a very good team, but (laughs) they beat, but they beat the Panthers, which it's, it's, that's priority number one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to be honest, like there's there's state, but for first and foremost, it's beating the Panthers. Right, and and um, Tim, meanwhile, has gone to college, come back, working with his brother to open up Riggins Rigs. Uh, his brother, in need of money, uh, basically turns their garage into a chop shop, and uh, Tim helps out with that, but then they get busted and Tim offers to take on all responsibility because yeah. Billy is, is married. He's got a couple, a kid now. And so in order to, to make sure that his father is able to, or his son is able to, to be with his father and vice versa, Tim takes the fall, goes to prison. And, um, then we also have Matt losing his yeah. father. That's and- a big episode. Losing his father and then uh, going off, you know, leaving town. And uh, and then Julie dealing with uh, Matt leaving and leaving her and leaving, you know, Dylan itself. So then we jump to season five and, and that's where uh, Eric kind of takes this team that had a promising end of their season and they kind of take off – Real quick, uh, but then of they course, go the full mile. right? And and 
you know, Vince's dad gets released from prison and uh, kind of gets into Vince's ear, really blows up his ego, and there's a lot of rift, uh, rifts in the turmoil within the team itself. And, uh, you know, Luke trying to figure out, do I have a future in football or not? Uh, Tim eventually gets released and he's kind of angry, but eventually he kind of comes to terms and, uh, Matt. Yeah. (laughs) And and Tyra. And then Matt obviously uh, reconnects with Julie, um, proposes to her, Julie accepts. And, uh, you know, obviously we get then the big thing in this season though, is of course the head to head, (laughs) uh, battle between Eric and Tammy. Tammy gets offered the new job uh, up in the Northeast at a kind of Ivy League or almost Ivy League college. Eric is resistant, to say the least, because he's a football coach in Texas and uh, East Dillon has been closed. And of course, he's given the option of taking this super team that's being formed and having all the money and facilities and all that. And uh, eventually he chooses to let Tammy lead the way for the family for the first time in 20 years, basically. Never have I been more stressed watching a couple episodes of a TV show than I am when they're fighting. Yeah. Like that fight was just like nail bitingly stressful to watch. Sure. Sure. (laughs) Um, All right. So we just kind of broadly went over the, the, the seasons. But let's talk about the interpersonal relationships of this show. So why don't we start out first with Tim and Lila. So, you know, this was a on-again, off-again relationship that we witnessed over the first few seasons. Uh, I guess, well, I guess for a good portion of the show's run, even through season four, uh, Lila showed up for, I think, an episode or two. Um but the first three seasons in particular, Lila and Tim were a major component of it. And the first season, obviously, there was a this illicit, you know, affair between these two. Is is Lila basically cheated on Jason with with Tim? And, and then all she that. went Christian, and then she went Christian. And as we, I said a long time ago, I think it's a way of escaping. Oh um, yeah, what she'd sure. done as opposed to having i think any real particular interest i think in that uh, especially we, not in scary hair um what's his face logan oh right 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 the the actor that plays logan was on the the show for a little whatever while. his name is but then they got together and it seems like their season three was a good relationship between the two for the most part you know it was saw, healthy yeah it was healthy we saw tim um change significantly being changed by the relationship being changed by her um his partying became less he was less interested in that in general um you just saw a significant change in him so it's yeah. a, it's a good relationship and i liked how they kind of dealt with that yeah no it's true yeah. the it, it was kind of like Hard to watch at the beginning because, you know, they're both doing something bad and using each other as a crutch and it would just felt like it was going to, the relationship would implode upon itself. But they actually found a way to make it something that had substance to it. So I do appreciate that, that they actually went somewhere with their relationship. 
Okay. So what do you think about the relationship between Eric and Tammy? Well, I mean, like, I think we've said dozens and countless times on the show that it's one of the best representations of an authentic marriage that's really ever been portrayed on TV. <laughs> yeah, mean, I like, agree. It's They had uh, fights, they had arguments, but you never... You never felt that there was anything less than a strong, loving bond in respect yeah, between these two. Yeah, lots of respect. Um, the fact, and I said this before, but the fact that at the end of the series, they made us question whether or not Eric was going to deny Tammy the ability to you know, pursue her dream. Do you remember the last time you picked up a pen and noticed the quality? How about a razor you handled that didn't feel cheaply made? When was the last time a product made a true and lasting impression on you? In this era of the mass-produced and disposable, anything lovingly handcrafted seems to be a rare thing. Maybe it's time for a change, and Spindlecraft can help. At Spindlecraft, passion and superior quality make it stand out from the faceless, automated crowd. Material for each piece of work is thoughtfully chosen, crafted, sanded, and finally polished with the kind of attention to detail and dedication you can't get off of an assembly line. At Spindlecraft, they know that quality of the material is as important as the quality of the craftsmanship and is a reflection of both the artist and the customer. So rather than buying some cheap pens or razors that you won't give a second thought, purchase something from Spindlecraft. To see what they have to offer, go to www.spindlecraft.com and at the checkout, enter the word GEEKS. That's G-E-E-K-S to get 10% off. We're sure that once you have a Spindlecraft product in your hand, you won't want to put it down. Was astounding, I think. Seriously. Because we've, we've gone through like five seasons of seeing these two as a dynamic duo. And, you know, and no matter how many fights or tiffs or whatever, nothing was breaking that bond. And then they come in with that, like in the last episode or two. And it's like, are they? Aren't they? What are they going to do? This is a season finale. Don't do this to me. They made you completely question it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it. They found they finally found a way to make us second guess ourselves as viewers, right? Yep. Legit scared for a couple you thought you'd never ever have to worry about. Yeah. All right, so um, let's talk about Luke and Becky. Me. Now you were. <laughs> I know, I know. You were on the Becky Tim bandwagon all up until the end, weren't you? <laughs> Pretty much. I was still rooting for that relationship, but because like when they had their moments, they were really genuinely nice. Like there was chemistry, and there was you know a respect for each other. And the only thing that seemed to be off kilter was, of course, like. Tim wanted to be respectable and not take advantage of someone younger than him, which is weird for the show because they're all about age difference. But I just figured when he got out and she was a little older, that things would be different, but whatever. I'll, I'm okay with Tyra taking her place. That's the only person that can do it. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly wouldn't have minded if if Lila even came back. You know, I, I, I think that the relationship between her and Tim was when she left to go off to college, I felt like their relationship was good. It was three-dimensional, and you could see why they had such good chemistry together. Yeah. But but I still think that ending up with Tyra being the person sitting there was surprising to me, given how they were only together for a very brief period of time in the first couple of episodes, maybe three episodes of the first season. Episode two, they were done. Okay, like episode They two. had a big fight, and yeah. that was it. So the fact that they ended up coming back around to them was really surprising because there were large portions of the series where they had zero contact. I mean, zero contact. I think maybe a good season and a half went by without any scenes between them, like at all. So the fact that they were able to do that was impressive, I think, but uh, surprising because they had very intermittent, you know, conversations, contact of any kind. For and despite their fighting and stuff, they always seem to understand each other. Oh, I think they understood each other. I just. You know, they didn't have much in common for the entire run of the series, you know, so... They both needed to grow and evolve to finally be at a place where they were, you know, symbiotic. Yeah. All right, what about Matt and Julie? Uh, The only person's name I want to hear with Julie's name. (laughs) It's true. It's true. Uh, Definitely not the Swede. Uh, or the TA. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, the TA. Yes. But Matt and Julie, like, that's just perfect relationship. I mean, uh, they're, they're, it had, they're adorable. Yeah, like, when they're together, like, everything's right in the world. <laughs> when they're apart, it's like neither of them really know how to stand on their own two feet and actually stay up. <laughs> That Matt figures it out, but Julie never really figures out how to be like an independent person, which is like, I don't mean it to sound like, you know, she can't handle being on her own, but I just think like she's a better person with Matt. Like, it sounds weird to say like that, but it's like he makes her. God, I feel like I'm a bitch either way I put it. <laughs> like, she doesn't need him. But she's better for having him. I think she's a, she's still young, and I think he provides her the support emotionally that she maybe doesn't have for herself yet, necessarily. Yeah. If that makes any sense. I, it's weird. No, I understand I what you're saying. I, I get it. I, I definitely agree. Everyone knows that iTunes reviews really helps their podcast reach more people. But did you know that rating and reviewing us on iTunes will benefit you as well? Every month we'll be noting who rated and reviewed us across all of our podcasts. Doing so will put you in the running for a gift from our sponsor, Spindlecraft. If you rate and review one of our podcasts, you will gain one entry. If you rate two, you gain two entries, and so on. This allows us to give a little something back for taking the time to rate and review our podcasts. You'll continue to be eligible to win each month for six months, or until the sponsorship ends. 
winners will not be authorized to win again. It only takes a few minutes, but we think it's worth it. You should, too. For sure. Like, I like Julie's character, but I like her better when she's with Matt, always. Yeah. And Matt, like, what a great character Matt Saracen was. I mean, he has quite a bit of diversity in his character. He started out as the quarterback who he thought would never, ever have to play football. He was just happy to be on the sidelines, fetching water and books out of trash cans. (laughs) And then suddenly his world gets flipped upside down and it changes who he is as a person. And then, of course, having to deal with taking care of his mother, his father returning, uh, his grandmother's dementia taking hold of her, having to be responsible for all that. Like, so many things got thrown at Matt that it just his character changed constantly, but always for the better. Well, that's why Matt is strong. Okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be terrible no matter how I put this. <laughs> But it's why Matt is stronger than Julie, and because and because it's only because he's dealt with so much, you know, having to grow up early, earlier than he should have, taking care of his grandmother while his father's off at war, and dealing with all that responsibility and all the other things he's got to do, having a part time job, being the the number one you know quarterback on the team. All the responsibility there, dating Julie. I mean, I don't know where this kid got the hours to do anything, but sleep, sleep, like. right? Um, but I think that's why he's the more mature of the two. He's a little older, not by much, but he's older. But also, I think the bigger thing is Matt has maturity and a certain level of perspective that. Julie simply doesn't have. Matt has that. She doesn't at this moment. However, I think in time, she will. Oh, yeah. I think her first time that she gets some, like, real-world perspective is when Matt's father dies. She's just kind of shaken to her core. Like, she's immediately scared. Like, I think it's the first time she's thought about the fact that her parents may not always be there. And her life could actually change and not for the better. Yeah, no, I totally agree for sure. Yeah. There's a lot of great stuff in that episode. Oh, it's it's yeah, we'll be talking about that here in a in a bit. Um <laughs> All right, so I'm trying to think about the relationships we have here. Um <laughs> Oh my god, the one thing about Matt that I didn't like was his relationship with the Spanish nurse. Do you remember her? Oh, I remember her. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's was so terrible. Another one of those season two trying to inject more drama into the show kind of things that they did. You know, it wasn't just a murder plot line. It was a real problem. It was the, the writers, I think, were being told by the network, you need to inject more drama. We need more drama in this, in this show. Uh, drama with a capital D. And they're like, okay, fine, whatever. And it ended up being the murder storyline, the stuff with Matt and the nurse. And you could see that it wasn't until about halfway through the season that they realized we, this isn't working. We need to. We got to clean up. Yeah, we got to clean this up. We got to get this resolved because this is just not working. Um, 
we have some cool relationships here in the in the series as well. Um, Becky and Mindy being a great relationship that really yes, happened in so season good. five. Yeah, there's such a wonderful relationship between those two. The relationship of girlfriend, sister, and motherly relationship all at the same time with a constant, like, attitude about the world that nobody can look down upon them when they're you know just being themselves like they had a great relationship and it was like untouchable by anybody else and i love that it was very potent and i like that's where they went with especially with mindy because you know she wasn't anybody on the show for the longest time and only the last season did her character get like a really big role and she deserved it she kicked ass well they did a great job of giving her more substance to her character, you know. Once she married Billy and she was going to be more integral to the show, they needed to round out her character and make her a little more essential to the story, make her a little more essential to the show itself. So I think incorporating Mindy and Becky, well, Min, well, incorporating Becky into their household was one of the smartest things they ever did in season five because it forced yeah. those characters to interact and it was amazing, the result. Yeah, it truly was. The dynamic of having somebody from the outside who has been deemed family by the the brother that's in prison and integrating into their family was a good move. Like, it didn't seem like, like something that would probably work, but it was a wonderful storyline. Well, here's the thing. Talk about Vince and his mom. Yeah. How that got turned around, like, I remember the first time we saw her when Eric went to to their house and she opened that door and she looks barely there. From them, I already I already wrote her off. I'm like, they're gonna use her as a device. Like she's just gonna be the thing that you know Vince Vince can't get control of his life with, and it won't be until like we're gonna have like a her passing away and him kind of evolving from that kind of moment like Matt did with his father. But I way love the way they turn that around. Like you, you immediately wrote her off the second you saw her. She was just so far gone. But the fact that she was able to come back from the brink of like overdosing and actually getting clean and having a better relationship with Vince and their mother and Son Bond was just, it was such good writing. Right. It was a very, it was a, first of all, it was a very positive relationship between those two. You could always tell that Vince loved his mom. You never questioned oh, yeah. it. Um, it, it, it was a great relationship and a very positive one. And I was, I was happy that that's the route they decided to take with uh, the two of them together. Yeah, it was a very smart decision to go a more positive route than a really negative one. Precisely. All right. Um, let's let's uh, change things up a bit here. Uh, why don't we Why don't we get into our favorite? Let, let, okay. Why don't we do this, Sarah? Who is your favorite characters on this show through its entire run? Well, always number one for me is going to be Tyra. <laughs> That's no surprise to anybody listening that she's always 
been my favorite. Like from the very beginning, like I didn't think I was gonna like her, but within the second episode, I was just like, I'm gonna love and hate her, and it's totally fine by me. <laughs> um, I loved her development, and even though she left to college after the end of season three, she still remains one of the strongest characters to me. Like even just coming back, like in the second to last episode. She changes, like, everything. Tim was going off to Alaska, and she just shows up, and boy, Alaska's really far from his mind the second she just sets foot (laughs) into that town. Wouldn't it be far? Wouldn't it be far from your mind, too? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) So I love Tyra. Even the horrible murder storyline that accompanies her character, it's fine by me. Uh, I would, I'll take that over, I don't know, I would take that over, of course, like, Julie's TA. Uh, I actually think there's worse storylines than that. Really? <laughs> like, that wasn't the worst thing for me. I would take that over, uh, I would take that over the Spanish nurse, <laughs> over, uh, you know, characters that just disappear off the face of the earth, like, Smash's girlfriend that left and was never to be heard from again. <laughs> like, just stuff like that. Like, at least they played it through. They were able to crawl out of it. And I like that. That's good storytelling. That you, you know you dug yourself a hole, but you're able to crawl out of it and make it better. Yeah. Um. Let's, um, let's pause on the favorite characters thing for a second. Let's actually talk about that thing you brought up there. That's one of the things that happened a lot during this show's run. You would have people who left. <laughs> right. And you know, I remember, you know, telling you that this was gonna happen, not specifically ahead of time about characters, but that characters would end up leaving and just that's it, they're gone. And just as a way of warning you about like, hey, some characters just might disappear. You may never Talk see them attached. again. <laughs> and the reason we know why they did this, and I've I've mentioned this several times on the podcast. Given the show's low ratings and how it was always in the bubble. Uh, whether or not it would be actually coming back or not for the next season. You know, a lot of these actors probably were either let out of their contracts so they could pursue other projects or they were let go or something happened in which they were just not part of the show anymore. And I think given the fact that they just had no idea about the future of the show until the last second, you know, if you're an actor unless you're contractually obligated to, you know, always be available for the show, which means you're a main cast member, you know, you need to be able to go out and get other work, work, you know, other TV shows, movies, things like that. So I understand why some of these characters just disappeared completely. It's just unnerving sometimes when you actually see it. It's like Matt's mom, Smash's girlfriend, uh, uh, what's her name? Jess's father. Oh, uh, yeah. Like an epic, like right up until like, the last few episodes of season, season five, somebody leaves. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, to me, season five, and I know this isn't a review of season five, but I think season five, they tried to do too much. Um, I think they tried to tackle a little more than they ended up needing to. You know, the epic thing was was cool. And I understand that it, it had some effect on ultimately the direction that Tammy was going to take, but I think they could have found a different way to do that. I just don't think they had enough time to tell some of the stories they wanted to tell and do them justice. But you're right. 
characters disappearing and just never coming back. Um, good and bad characters. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, we just... I don't know whether it would have been better if they had just disappeared like they did or whether they, we would have been given some kind of explanation as to why they weren't there. Like, what happened to JD? Right. What happened, what to, happened Joe? to Joe? I, I, yeah. I, I don't I don't need an episode devoted to them or given a lot of screen time. But even something like, oh yeah, uh Joe took JD to this place. Or uh Joe couldn't control JD anymore, you know, or you know, just like stuff like that. Just giving us something. Joe lost all his money. Now they're living on the streets. <laughs> And you'll see them on the fr- on the on ramp to the freeway. <laughs> right. It's just that you know, a prime example. Santiago. Sure. Santiago is a prime example of a character who just did not just gone. And 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 I, th- and I it's a little annoying only because you know the character was brought in for a purpose, and yet. Because of the show's status, they just abandon the storyline. And they never tell us anything about them. We don't know anything about Santiago. We don't know, is he is he okay? Did he go back to jail? It's just like they never existed anymore. Yeah. And so I think if I'm looking at the show and trying to pinpoint some flaws, that's one of them. And like I said, I understand why, to a certain extent. But only to a certain extent. Yeah. I get I get why some of the characters couldn't stick around. I get why some of the actors couldn't stick around. But they still had the ability to find a way in the show to let us know something about what happened to these characters that, for a time, played a pretty big part. Yeah, exactly. Just give us something, you know. A one-liner, just something that ties it off, not just, like, disappearing into the vast nothingness. Okay. Um, let's uh, let's get back to our favorite characters. So you said Tyra is your favorite character. Yes. All right. Who is your next two favorite characters? So basically, who's your top f- three favorite characters? Top um, three. Yeah. Okay. Second spot. It'd have to be... Matt, and he's such a good character, and so much happens with him. How can Matt not be in the top three? <laughs> right. And then third, uh-huh. it Tim, <laughs> definitely Tim. Okay. What a good character too, and he actually stuck around for all five seasons. It's true. Yeah, he could have left. You know, he had a ton of offers. I know the actor. You know. Um, he had uh, a ton of offers available, but you know he stuck around. He was, he was true to the show. He was very loyal to it. Yeah, my is a true sign of a Canadian <laughs> loyalty. Um, <laughs> so my favorite character would have to be Matt. Yeah, number one for me is Matt. Uh, I've always loved Matt as a character. Uh, Tim as well. 
Uh, and uh, Landry is my number three. Gotta love Landry. I love Landry for a lot of reasons. But one of the biggest reasons that I love Landry is that Landry is comfortable with himself. You know? Which is one of the things I really liked about him. And Yeah, totally. He has a good heart and he's a good person. You know, and I like that. You can tell why he and Matt are best friends. Yeah, and while his advice may not always be good advice ever. Ever. <laughs> you always know that advice from him is coming from somewhere that has good intentions. Correct. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> um all right, so here's this. What's your least favorite character? Not talking about um, guest characters or – I'm talking like characters that had a significant impact on the show, significant amount of screen time. Uh, series regulars, how's that? Oof. <laughs> There's a few to choose from. Man. Tough one, huh? I, it, that one's tougher than top three because – you don't think about who you hate, but I never like. I like most of them. like series regulars. You like most of them, but like there's JD or Joe McCoy, but I can't really call him the series regular. Like, he was only around for a season, but someone who's been around for like the long haul. I guess I'd have to say Buddy. Yeah, I, and again, it's like saying like I don't like them, but I really do. Just yeah. the least amount, least of all the main characters, you know. Uh, I guess I kind of agree with that, you know. I, I like Buddy to a certain extent. Um, I think he's he's a very selfish character uh, for the most part. He's very giving in certain aspects and at certain moments, but at the same time, he can be incredibly selfish. Like the time he basically drained Lila's college fund. Yeah. Seriously. So, is so a prime example, you know, and that's that's not even getting into, you know, the fact that, you know, he cheated on his wife and all of that <laughs> stuff that went down uh, in season one. Um, exactly. So, there's that. But, yeah, I think, um, and I think I like Luke as a character, but I felt like he was a, a bit too much like Matt at times. Oh, yeah. He was like Matt. He had a haircut and yeah. everything. Yeah, Matt when Matt wasn't there, basically. Exactly. I was just like, and Luke just didn't have any of the hardships that Matt did that made his story, you know, worth it and interesting. Like he got moved to a different school. Ooh, whoopee! <laughs> he was just such a vanilla character that I was never really interested. Okay. I know it's harsh, but I never really. Cared about Luke very much. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I understand. I get it. Yeah, I do. Um, all right. Let's get into our top 10 favorite episodes of Friday Night Lights, this series. All right. So, so I rated mine in like order of seasons. I didn't put them in in order of favorites to. Okay, that's fine. You know, do it. Do it how you want. Okay. 
Do you want to start or do you want me to start? Uh, go ahead. I think we can probably agree on, like, the first one would be the pilot. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that would definitely be on my list, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, pilot, for sure, is the first one that came to mind uh, when thinking, like, oh, what should we have here? Like, well, the pilot sure started off with a bang. Let's start there. And we've talked about it so far. The pilot is, like, a great starting point. And then I had no um, picks for season two. <laughs> wow. Okay. Just skipped over season two. But then seasons three, four, and five, I have three from each of those. Okay. Um, so season three, New York, New York. Like, that's one of those episodes that I don't think a lot of people do like, but I really liked. Just because I like the way they actually ended Jason's storyline. I love seeing him and Tim interact and it was a good send off. Like it was kind of like, this doesn't seem so realistic, but I do like it. And then of course the giving tree. I thought that was a phenomenal episode seeing Landry have some backbone and it, it changed the dynamic between Tyra and Landry. And I think, not just between the relationship between the two of them, but both of them, how they treat other people as well. So I really liked that episode. And then, uh, of course, the uh, season the se- season finale of season three, Tomorrow Blues, with all that up in the air, having to go to the Lions, and Joe McCoy taking control of the Panthers. And God, what a crazy episode. Yeah. And then from season four, The Sun, of course, <laughs> first one off the bat for that one. How can you not have that for season four? And immediately to follow is Stay. And then um, Thanksgiving. I thought Thanksgiving was a great episode. So emotional. I love it so much. And then in season five, Gut Check, of course, uh, where everything kind of starts falling apart for Vince and everything's kind of up in the air. And then of course, Texas, whatever, <laughs> where yeah. Tim is just one foot in Alaska and everyone's starting to come back for the season finale and things are building up. What a great episode. And then of course the series finale always. Okay. Gotta have the beginning and the end. Okay. All right. Well, um, mine's going to be just in order, I think, of my picks for the top 10. I'll start at the, the 10 and, and make my way, uh, make my way down. So, uh, I actually have a pick here from season two, as crazy as it sounds. It's, um, it's called Leave No One Behind. It's the, uh, 14th episode for season two. And the reason I like this so much is that it's an episode that has a lot of characters trying to figure out their own identity. Um, we have Matt, who's kind of following Riggins around, um, you know, getting drunk, things like that. Uh, we have uh, Julie being uh, really jealous of the fact that uh, Tammy is showing a lot of interest in Tyra and, and not in her. And uh, it's just, it's just a good episode. And it, you know, I think it's one of the best episodes 
where you see three or four different threads going on all at the same time, and they're all very similar characters. They're all kind of dealing with the exact same thing, so it all ties together. Um, so I like that one a lot. Uh, the next one up for me is actually Don't Go, Season 5, Episode 10. Oh, yeah. Um, that's a really good one, uh, there. So we get like the whole combination of whether or not Eric's going to leave or not. Uh, obviously the impact we have Vince showing up to Eric's house, you know, telling him, you know, not, not to leave. And, uh, it's just a good, amazing, just, just a good episode. I don't know how to say it any <laughs> other way, but it's really great. Um, next up is, Episode uh, 13 of season four, Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah. This is the episode where JD uh, Vince gets uh, the like player of the week or whatever. Uh, and so he has to go and talk to the kids and JD is there because they're like co-players uh, of the week. And uh, the disparity between the two standing up there talking is obvious between, you know, someone who has been groomed for fame and Vince, who's just winging it, you know, he's just trying to go out there and do his best. Uh, so that's actually, you know, pretty amazing. Um, yeah, the dinner itself is like so emotional, like with Billy and Mindy and the family. Everything's kind of up in the air. Mm-hmm. And Buddy, who has to like step in and bring his own turkey to deep fry because it's Buddy. Yep. <laughs> like what a chaotic Thanksgiving. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, uh, sixth episode is, uh, on my list is, uh, season three, episode four. It's Hello Goodbye. So yeah. this is the, this is Smash, uh, Smash's final episode. It's just a, it's just a great episode. It's a combination of his entire storyline, you know, and him going and saying goodbye to Eric and then the guys all getting together in the field and having, you know, one last, you know, chuck the ball, throw it around, that kind of thing, and uh, I love it. So, it's such a good episode. Uh, number five is actually State. This is the finale of uh, season one. So, and this is this is where Tammy finds out she's pregnant. <laughs> uh, obviously, that's a pretty big deal. <laughs> Just um, a little bit. Eric is, is going off, you know, for this job. And so everything kind of comes together and the whole team is kind of finding out that Eric isn't going to be back. And so the effect that it seems to have on them, uh, and the effect that it really has on Matt in particular and everything. So that's, uh, that's huge. Uh, number four on my list is Texas, whatever. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we get to see. We can set see Tyra back. Um, this is where the battle between Tammy and Eric really is is heating up. Um, she wants to go off to this Ivy League school. Eric is resistant; uh, doesn't want to do it. Wants to stay, and uh, it's just full of so much emotion. Uh, it's such a great episode. So, number three on my list is actually the finale. The series finale. Series, sorry, sorry. The series finale. Always. Yeah. Uh, one of the one of the best, obviously, uh, one of the finest finales I've ever seen uh, uh, in my life. 
it really ranks up there. It, if I just uh, top my head, I, it's definitely you know top ten, possibly even top five uh, all time finales for me. Uh, just hits every beat you could ever want, except Tyra and Landry. Just saying. Again, just saying. <laughs> and Jason Street. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think I would have liked to have seen Smash at some point in the... Him too, yeah. Yeah, I mean, not necessarily in the finale, but I think, you know, in the last... We had to see Jason, you know, this you know run the midpoint of the season. It would have been nice to see Smash show up at some point too, just to say hey. But yeah. it's okay. Um, I I just wanted to see Tyra and Landry have a scene together of some kind. But that's just you know wishes and everything. But otherwise, it's it's to me it's just it's perfect. So it's really great. Uh, number two on my list is da da da, the pilot. Of course. <laughs> so yeah, the pilot. Uh, we talked about that already. Uh, and all the reasons we said it was so great. Um, again, if the if the finale series finale is one of the greatest I've ever seen, the pilot is one of the greatest I've ever seen as well, uh, which totally. is pretty amazing. To bookend your entire series is one of the best pilots of all time and one of the best finales of all time. That's exceptional. Yeah, uh, very much so because. I mean, you have a show like Lost, who had an incredible oh. first episode, oh. and then questionable series finale. You either loved it or you hated it. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, uh, number one for me, The Sun. Um, of course. That, that's for, for me, too. Definitely the number one. It's the epitome of greatness. <laughs> it dealt. It dealt with... Uh, death in a way that said, you know what? We're just trying to do our best to get through it. That's it. You know, uh, you have Matt dealing with, with death and it doesn't offer any particular kind of relief, I think. It, it just it says, hey, look, this is someone going through a lot of pain and a lot of agony and you're just hoping that they can find a way to navigate. That's it. So uh, that, to me, is the number one episode of Friday Night Lights. And that's ten of the best episodes. And you could easily do another ten or fifteen okay. that rank very near, you know, to how we rate these top ten. It's, 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 it's so true. Thing. Yeah. It's a show where I would say three-quarters of the episode – episodes are in the B plus to A minus range or better or better. Yeah. yeah. There's very, very rarely ever a C episode. I think maybe five or six. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> and I know there were a few B minuses in there as well. Like I said, there's about 15 episodes. I think that probably rate somewhere 15 to 20 that, well, I say about fifteen episodes that probably rate a B or lower. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably accurate. Uh, so I guess let's um now that we've done our top ten episodes of the series, I think we should probably just talk in general about what this show has meant to each of us. So, Sarah, why don't why don't you talk about your journey? with this show 
as you watched it, as you went along for the last two years, episode to episode, what has this show meant to you? And are you ultimately, are you happy that you watched it? We're about to get real with (laughs) y'all. Getting real. Oh, man, this show, it's had quite an effect on my life because I'm somebody who, beginning of this, I didn't know a quarterback from, you know, (laughs) anybody on the sideline, like, quarterback, what's that? Like, I didn't know that from a running back. So it's at least taught me something about football. And more importantly, it's given me, like, a really beautiful, broad understanding of some really complex and diverse characters that's affected me. And I'm going to always have with me, like, Matt's, like, one of the greatest characters and one of the greatest developed characters of all time is definitely Matt Saracen. His story has been quite a, a massive one. I mean, the son alone, I got to go back and talk about this a bit. Like he gave me no warning when I went into that. And after nope. that episode, I was a different person after watching it because it's so raw and emotional and they do not try and soften the blow of death but they don't like shove it down your throat or anything like that either it's just you experience what the characters are experiencing it's so so well done and there's certain episodes that definitely define (laughs) your watching experience that being one of them uh the finale too and that's just an emotional roller coaster i really love this series quite a bit I gotta say, I didn't expect to at all. Like, I was kind of going on a whim here, thinking like, okay, I'll entertain the idea that Michael wants to talk about this football show, <laughs> not expecting it to last or to really have an interest in it. But man, right from the get-go, I was like, I was hooked. <laughs> so this is going to be one of my, definitely one of my favorite TV shows of all time. And something I'll always come back to and watch over and over again. It's not going to be one of those shows where you watched it and it was great, but you'll never take that journey again. It's definitely one you'll always want to go back to. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's that great. I I definitely agree. I mean, I I know I will watch this show, you know, (laughs) in the future. You know, it's not the last time I'm going to sit down and watch the show's run. I'll probably do it again at some point. For me, the show is... Well, amazing. You know, I've I've been through this show now about four times, including this this time we've watched uh, through it, and um, it you know loving football that was a bonus. But this show has never been about football, and everybody anybody that watches this show knows it's not about football. There are people like you who have no real interest in football, and yet they love this show love this show and it's because of the characters it's because of the deft storytelling it's because of the believable true dialogue that you you hear uh characters that say things that actually sound like they would come out of human mouths um character arcs that are believable that you can relate to Imperfect characters that make mistakes, but you see that it's just part of their journey as a person and as a human being. 
if you talk about Matt Saracen, I'm going to talk about Tim Riggins. <laughs> because if Matt has a great journey, I don't think there's a character for me personally that had more of a transformative journey than Tim Riggins. It's true. The character who started out the series by more or less sleeping with pretty much anybody he wanted to. Anything that moved. Right, and did. Uh, Whether it be Tyra or Lila or the next-door neighbor who was about twice his age. Yeah, easily. Um, And then back to Lila, and we saw him grow and change as a person, deepen, mature, uh, make choices, become a better person, strive to be a better brother, um, take the fall for a crime fully on his shoulders instead of partially, and ultimately end up with land building a house with his brother, sitting down at the end of a of a long, hard day working on the house, pulling out a couple of beers, handing one to his brother, Texas forever. Yeah, um, like, what a good run. You know, a, a, a character that I have always loved. Totally. Tim Riggins. More For, than a pretty face. More than a pretty face. <laughs> Um, but you know, for me, it's the, it's the characters, it's all of the characters, whether it be Eric or Tammy, Julie, Matt, nobody felt like they were unimportant. Everybody was part of the fabric of this show and the greatness of this show. And I will forever love Friday Night Lights. I, if someone tried to, sit down and, and say, okay, I've never watched this show, but could you describe it to me in one sentence? <laughs> I, I, if I had to do that, I would say, I, I guess, off the top of my head, a show uh, that uses football as a backdrop, but is really about characters, characters striving for their dreams, striving to be better people, making mistakes, and you always believe every step of their journey. And I love it. So it's a great show, and it it deserves. It will be forever in my top 100 TV shows of all time. Um, Someday I will make my list. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> put, I'll put it on the website. We'll have a we'll have a list of our top you know shows and and whatnot. But big old discussion. It will be there. So yeah, it's a great show, and I'll, I'll love this forever. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe that we're talking with the end of this show, man. <laughs> like, um, who, who else wants a revival, right, guys? <laughs> right. Well, they've tried. Um. They floated the idea. Have they really? For, they floated the idea for years. Not a revival, but like a, like a movie or maybe like a like a mini series, like four episodes or something. But uh, Kyle Chandler in particular is very, and I think, I think Kyle Chandler in particular is is not receptive to the idea. 
Only because to him, he thinks that it ended perfectly. And I honestly can't disagree. I would love to go back and visit. Trust me, there is a very selfish part of me that wants them to do a movie or do like a a four-part miniseries or something. But honestly, my fear is that they would ruin it. Only because you can't improve upon perfection. And the finale was perfection. It's true. I think I would be okay if we did uh, like just an hour-long episode showing where everyone is in their life. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I'd be okay. But it, it's hard to disagree with their sentiments. I think yeah. I think a lot of the actors would be willing to come back. I just I can see why they might not think that's ultimately for the best. So I just want to see Tyra being a politician and scaring men in suits and living at Tim's house. It's perfectly built, and you know Tim relaxing and caring for his land, and Matt and Julie having kids. And <laughs> what you don't want? I guess to... it's just nice to think about. Well, who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe Tyra's pregnant. Oh my god, that, that would be a demand for revival. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't make your pregnant because then I'll be like, no, no, keep going. What happened? <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, all right. So why don't we end uh, the episode here with um, we graded the finale la- or the final season last week, right? If I'm not mistaken. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what are you going to grade the entire series as a whole? (laughs) Good Lord. That's a gargantuan task. Because you got to take it. You got to take into effect season two, which we did not give a great grade to. Literally season two drops that. (laughs) Ah, man. If it wasn't for season two, It'd be an A plus. I, I yeah, personally. Easily. Um, for me, it's an A. That's I agree with you because of season two. It's an A. <laughs> yeah, as a whole, I think so. Um, because I think every every season, other than season two, is either an A or an A plus grade. So. I, I think it's 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 a, it's hard to find a lot. Um wrong with any of the seasons overall you can nitpick here and there for seasons one three four and five if there are some things but generally i think it's about as perfect as you can get truly so especially for a show that's primarily supposed to be about football but that ends up being just the backdrop they did such a good job doing that and making the characters the forefront of everything to do with the show yep so it made it great indeed definitely oh man <laughs> <laughs> all right well everyone um i can honestly say that it has been a pleasure a true pleasure sitting here week after week exhausting at times for sure <laughs> Uh, some late nights with us uh, trying to get episodes recorded, edited, and put out. But I can honestly say it's been a joy, a true joy to sit here with Sarah, you know, reviewing 
each episode of this series. And hopefully we've done a pretty good job. Um, <laughs> you know, so. hopefully our, you know, observations have been pretty good, or at least, you know, interesting enough. Um, but we've enjoyed every, every, almost every moment of it. It's been fantastic. And on one hand, it'll be sad to, that we'll be gone, but at the same time, you know, the series is over and it, it's, it'll be time for us to, you know, move on to, uh, our other podcasts. Uh, we do have, like I said, at least one more episode of the movie to review. Um, and then if we get enough feedback, then we'll do episodes concerning the feedback, but that will be it for us otherwise. So one more episode coming up and then, you know, stay tuned if we get enough feedback and then we'll do a feedback episode or two or three, depending. So, uh, Sarah, is there anything you'd like to say before we end this series? Wow. It's been an adventure. I, we, I didn't expect two years down the road. It would be like this big of a journey, but it's been a great ride. And I've had a wonderful time discussing this TV show I don't think there are lots of amazing TV shows out there, but this is one that definitely deserves a long, lengthy discussions about it because it's it's really special. And I'm really happy that we've taken this journey and I can't believe it's it's been so long already. But I'm really happy we did it. Me too. Me too. <laughs> Me too. It's been great. All right, everybody. That's it for this episode. So we'll... End it for the final time. <laughs> Clear eyes. Full hearts. Can't lose. Can't lose. Okay. Maybe we'll get it right for once. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Uh, well, we'll see you guys uh, in the next episode with a review of the movie and do a little compare and contrast. But until then, have a good one. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Friday Night Mike's podcast. Be sure to visit FreakingGeeks.com as well as our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash FreakingGeeks for more great content. Also, please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Trust us, it really helps. If you would like to write into the podcast and share your thoughts and ask questions, you can do so by sending your email to FreakingGeeksMedia at gmail.com. You can contact Michael on Twitter using at Michael underscore Lanik. You can contact Sarah on Twitter using at Labyrinth Rose or at Freak Geeks.